When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 342 on Now You Know. Well, Jesse, you've been asking for Tesla's safety score algorithm to be updated for quite a while. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't really capture what makes a safe driver, just what makes like a slow driver. So last December, Tesla updated safety score to version 1.2 with the addition of the late night driving metric, which a lot of drivers, including you, did not like because it penalized them for driving between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m., which statistically is more dangerous because of things like reduced visibility, distractions and drowsiness. Yeah, let's not forget that safety score affects premiums for drivers who have Tesla insurance. Well, Tesla seemed to have listened because they've updated the safety score to version 2.0, and they said updated late-night driving will be risk-weighted based on when you were driving from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. The impact of late-night driving on your safety score will depend on the proportion of time spent driving in each hour from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. The impact on your safety score is now reduced earlier in the night and increased later in the night. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense to me. It's not just, oh, I see you got home at... 10.02, I'm going to ding your entire trip. It's now you drove from 9 p.m. to 10.02, so I'm only going to slightly ding you for being on the road during the dangerous hours for two minutes. I mean, I still don't agree with the, I mean, late night. Who cares? There's so many other metrics that I would measure. Yeah. Well, and Tesla added two new metrics. Uh, let's see if you like those. Uh, Tesla added excessive speeding as a new safety factor. So the more time spent driving over 85 miles an hour will lead to a lower safety score. And Tesla added unbuckled driving as a new safety factor. So time spent driving over 10 miles an hour without buckling the driver's seatbelt would lead to a lower safety score. I feel like... I need to tell everyone to wear their seatbelts. Uh, wear your seatbelts. And Tesla That's all I have to say. Just wear your seatbelts. Um this is what I mean. Like, oh, well, I didn't even oh, I didn't even know that we had to do that. Well, but I mean, isn't it good that they ding your safety score if you don't do yeah, it? Yeah, but like, why wasn't that in the first one? That seems so <laughs> the, easy. Check to see if seatbelt latched. If yes, then continue. If not, ding, safety score. Well, they did. I Put mean, they... car in park. What the f*** are you doing? And Tesla updated the hard braking formula, which I know you didn't like. Uh, Tesla will now exclude braking events when the car detects a yellow traffic light. And that was because it used to encourage speeding up and driving through yellow lights uh, and even red lights because drivers knew that they might be dinged if they brake too hard. 
So Tesla Safety Score is only available to customers of Tesla Insurance, and that is only available right now in 12 states here in the U.S. Now, Elon said that Safety Score would be made available to all owners as an educational tool, but we have not seen that added to the mobile app yet. Um, I, I think we have some good improvements. There you go. They're improving. Um, it's not there yet, in okay. my opinion. Um, I'm a, ve- I'm a very picky. I'm very picky. I'll be honest. When I call someone a good driver, it has very little to do with any of these metrics besides wearing a seatbelt. Um, what, so what's your number one metric? I there's like a hundred. Okay. It's going to be a complicated. Jesse's safety score <laughs> is a complicated beast. All right. So Elon tweeted out on Friday, big congratulations to the Tesla Germany team. Giga Berlin hits 5,000 builds per week, one year after delivering the first vehicles to customers. And to celebrate this, Tesla put out this really cool video. Check this out. So this is incredible. I mean, one year after they started producing out of Giga Berlin, they've reached 5,000 a week. Yeah, and if you do the math, that would be 250,000 vehicles a year, but that's only if they stopped here, if they didn't keep increasing, which we think they will. So it seems like Tesla's learned how to ramp up at least when they're making Model Ys. Yeah. So as part of Tesla's latest 2023.6.9 over-the-air software update, non-FSD beta Teslas will now be able to have Park Assist using cameras only. You may remember that last fall, Tesla decided to remove ultrasonic sensors from their vehicles. This meant that no longer would the vehicles be able to use ultrasonics to measure the distance to objects like walls and other cars while parking. And many Tesla owners were upset about losing this functionality. Well, now Tesla once again can measure distances around the car and not only in the front and the back of the car like they could before, but now using the cameras, Tesla can measure distances all around the car. So Manzone on Twitter tested what Tesla Vision measured and what his tape measure did, and it seems to be pretty accurate. Uh, He was within like two inches. Now, some people are saying that it's inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of videos this week of people uh, showing what the car says, and then they get out because they think it was wrong, and they go, no, that's more like four feet instead of 30 inches. And I'm like, no, that's 34 inches. Like, so, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I can I can eyeball things pretty well. <laughs> really well. He's like down to the half inch. Um, if you're going to test it out, bring a tape measure. Yeah, Just- because I don't think it's fair to say like it was off if you're the one who's off. Like I like it that you get out with a tape measure. That's the way to do it. Right, cuz Zach Vision is pretty good. <laughs> Actually, my vision isn't pretty good. My estimation's pretty good. But look, if you've tried it, let us know in the comments how well it worked for you. Because I can see why people are upset. You took away something, you know, the ultrasonics, and for a while they didn't have like anything, and now, you know, this pops up, which could be great, but we are seeing that a lot of people are having trouble like when they put it in reverse and like it doesn't immediately tell them what's going on, mm-hmm. and the ultrasonics pretty much always did. Yeah. But uh, just remember to bring a tape measure because I can't do it anymore. I used to I used to be within an inch and then lost that ability. And then I went to go be an engineer and they were like the metric system. And then I've lost. I can't do either. I'm not like, oh, that's 30 centimeters. I'm like, I don't know. Wow. Oh, let me get my calipers. (laughs) Oh, no. Clickbait headline alert. Yeah. What was this I heard about Tesla getting hacked? Yeah. Remember, we report on the Pwn to Own conference almost every year. That's where they have the Pwn to Own hacking competition, which offers big prizes if white hat hackers can successfully hack into some of Tesla's computer systems. Well, Snacktiv successfully executed a TOCTOU exploit against Tesla Gateway. That was enough to earn them $100,000 and a Tesla Model 3. 
Snacktive said after having finished their exploit in a hotel room at Poly and at Vidor's, successfully compromised the Tesla Model 3 infotainment through Bluetooth and elevated their privileges to root. Combined with the previous entry, this could have been a full chain to take over the car. Uh, T-O-C-T-O-U, by the way, is time of checkout to time of use. That's how I usually break. That's into cars. usually how I break into stuff. This is yet another aspect of Tesla that is so smart and so unique. You might be like, Tesla did what? They gave away $100,000 in a car? But it was smart money, if you think about it. $150,000 to find out a weakness in their system, saving them a ton of their own human resources and the bad press it would have been if it had happened in real life. And again, you give the incentives to the hacker to not just steal somebody's car. In this case, they don't steal it. They win they it by it. doing the right thing and telling Tesla about it. So that way they can plug up that hole in their security system. And, you know, the pwn to own thing has been happening the whole time with yeah. Tesla. And I think that it's really important that Tesla has such sexy cars because yeah. all these hackers want to win it. Yeah, I mean, would you want to win a Corolla? Hey, <laughs> you just won a Chevy Malibu. It'd be like... Great. Can you picture kids in their rooms, you know, hacking their parents' hack cars? My... <laughs> and it's like, Johnny, stop hacking the car. And it's like, hey, mom, I'm just trying. Mm, mm. Mom, I'm just trying to win some money. So Tesla just launched the ability to buy an extended warranty for your Tesla right from the Tesla app. So Tesla's already come with the leading powertrain warranty of eight years or 192,000 kilometers, whichever comes first, and a basic vehicle limited warranty of four years or 80,000 kilometers, whichever comes first. Now you can open the Tesla app and purchase an extended service agreement that covers an extra two years or 25,000 additional miles, whichever comes first. So this extended warranty starts when your basic warranty expires. The price for this extended warranty ranges from $1,800 for the Model 3 up to $3,500 for the Model X. We'll put a link to the terms and conditions in the show notes. And I just think this is really smart because normally your car is, you know, getting on in years and you're thinking, should I get the extended warranty? Yeah, you know, I'll put that off. I'll call them next week and then you forget. If it's right in the app, mm. you're sitting at a supercharger one day and you're like, oh, you know what? What's my mileage? Oh, I should get that extended warranty. So it's probably going to increase revenue for Tesla. And I mean, we haven't seen any of this yet, but if it's in the app, then Tesla should be able to send you a little push notification mm. to your phone like hey your warranty is about to expire do you want to extend the warranty and you'd yeah. be like and then it could keep reminding you every every hundred miles hey that trip was a hundred miles you're getting really close what's this say here about tesla losing the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit because this is a big deal i mean it makes a huge difference to consumers whether or not they get this credit it's not fair that the irs is going to get to do okay, this calm down calm down so we've been getting reports that tesla is aware that their least expensive Model 3, the standard range, will be losing the tax credit. The standard range plus? No, 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 no. The standard range. This is the off-menu Tesla that you can apparently order, although you ask a bunch of people and most of them will tell you that you can't actually order it. And the way to actually order it is super complicated. It's like you order a standard range plus and then you don't sign anything. Don't sign anything. And then you have to call Tesla and get it flagged. And then, and then they'll send you a standard range Model 3. Okay. It's cheaper. It's the cheapest one that you can buy. But anyway, this so again, this is the not widely available model. And so the reason that Tesla expects to lose the tax credit on it is because even though it's made in Fremont, apparently the batteries for it are LFPs from China, making it ineligible uh, along with lots of other EVs. Okay, so this doesn't affect the Model 3 standard range plus, the long range, or any of the Model Ys. Let me be clear. Until the IRS tells us what is and isn't eligible, we don't know. 
I don't know. All that we're hearing in this report is that specifically the standard range Model 3, the one that basically nobody has, isn't expected to be eligible. That is no guarantee that if you order practically any EV in the next few weeks that it will qualify for the $7,500 tax credit. The IRS still has not come out with its updated guidance. And this is so stupidly confusing because as we've talked about before, we did a show about it, there's the $7,500, but that's broken up into halves. And so it might still be that Tesla qualifies for 3750 of that. We just don't know because the IRS is like, taking forever to come up this guidance, which I think is coming out on the 31st. Right. So, I mean, by the time you're watching this, there's a chance that the IRS has already come out with their guidance. Uh, but the really annoying part is that if you ordered a car today and you were thinking that you were going to get the $7,500 tax credit because they haven't come out with their guidance yet, and then you, you know, wait a couple weeks to go pick it up, they might have issued their guidance, which means that your car may no longer be eligible. So it's putting consumers in a really uncomfortable position. Mm. And then there, there's been this whole quarter where if you picked up your car, because they hadn't come out with the guidance yet, you could get the tax credit. Right. So it's really confusing. Um, you know, a lot of people have been picking up their cars, telling their friends, oh, I got the tax credit. If those people, you know, heard about it today, ordered their cars, there's a chance that they're not going to get the tax credit when the car comes due. That's going to be pretty uncomfortable. Oh, sorry, honey. Oh, those 7,500, we're not going to get that this year. Right. Well, you really got to love the Tesla community. Not only do we get excited about what Tesla is making, but we're also interested in how they're building it and when and where and with what stuff. So Cybertruck Owners Club member Gregor Truck tweeted out this bill of lading he found. So let's see here. Die casting machine hmm, shipped from Idra in Italy to Houston, Texas for Tesla. So there have been many rumors that Tesla was ordering another 9,000 ton gigapress from Idra for Cybertruck. And this, as it seems, would confirm it. So this would make two 9,000 ton gigapresses. So does this mean that they're going to make the Cybertruck ramp even faster? So you got to remember that when you ramp up production of something, you must ramp up everything because you can't sell a Cybertruck with no doors. You can't sell one with no seats or no steering wheel. Um, now, it's great that they have two gigapresses, but as a wise old engineer once told me, one is none, two is one. So you don't think they're going to ramp twice as fast? No, I mean, obviously, this is all part of the plan. I mean, let's hope that they stay on course to deliver this summer. But I just I think that you don't just have one gigapress because if it goes down, one is none. Mm, that's a good point. Well, let's see what our patrons think. We have a poll coming up later. And if you want to talk all about the Gigapress and the Cybertruck, go to the Cybertruck Owners Club. They help sponsor our show. You're going to find all of the enthusiasts over there talking about every aspect of this truck. So it's really cool. Head on over and also check out their crowdsource reservation tracker where you can update it and find your place in line. So we just booked our trip to Amsterdam, Jesse. I'm so excited. Yeah. We're going to be attending Micromobility Europe 2023. Now, we worked something out with the conference. So if you want to go and see us there and check out this amazing event, go to the link below. You'll save 20% off your ticket price now. And don't wait because the prices uh, do go up. These are early bird prices. It'll be June 8th through 9th this year. And I'm really excited to see all these different micromobility things, take it around the test track. And I'm really excited to visit Amsterdam. Yeah, I hope they have like a Stroopwafel event where it's like you have to go around the track and like grab a Stroopwafel each time you go around. <laughs> and speaking of e-mobility, this week over on our Now Let's Review channel, we have our review of the Apollo City Pro e-scooter. And we may have found the perfect commuter scooter. Yeah, it's a hard balance to get right. Uh, you need enough range, but not too much because that makes the scooter too heavy. You need enough comfort 
but not so much that you make the scooter too heavy to carry on stairs or too big to fit on mass transit. And obviously price is important, too expensive, and it just won't fit most people's budgets. It should charge fast enough that you can charge it at work if you need to. And it has to have enough power to get you through tricky intersections or up hills on your route, but it doesn't need to have super speed because that could again make it too heavy. Again, if you're looking for a commuter scooter, you should definitely check out our review of the Apollo Pro e-scooter over on Nallet's Review. And you hitting the subscribe and like buttons over on Nallet's Review really makes a difference and helps us to continue to bring you new e-mobility products along with EV chargers, kitchen composters, and more stuff like garden weeding robots. So according to the German publication Tesla Mag, Tesla has just opened an additional 53 supercharger locations in Germany to non-Teslas. I wonder how they arrived at that number. What do you mean? Well, there were 16 supercharger locations in Germany open to non-Teslas before. Oh, 16 plus 53 equals 69. Got it. That's an Elon joke. Um, yeah, this means that now 45% of German superchargers are open to non-Tesla EVs, making Tesla the fourth largest DC fast charging network in Germany behind NBW, Aerol Pulse, and Ionity. Wait, so if Tesla opened all their superchargers in Germany up to non-Teslas, they'd be bigger than Ionity? Yeah. And Tesla's opened its superchargers to non-Teslas in 15 European countries. So, I mean, depending on the range, it does look like many non-Tesla EVs could drive all across Europe now on the supercharger network. And please send us your video contributor story if you've been able to do any serious road trips in your non-Tesla EV using the European supercharger network. We'd love to hear about your experiences. So last Friday, Ford unveiled their plans for their next generation pickup truck, Project T3, or Trust the Truck. Trust the Truck? Yeah. Ford CEO Jim Farley said, on the highway on a sunny day, you should be able to go to sleep in your truck or make a call or do whatever you want to do in your truck while it drives for you. It will be completely digital. It's a really breakthrough product. Ford says they will start building this T3 pickup truck at their Blue Oval campus, which is currently under construction in West Tennessee. And that production is expected to begin in 2025. But he said that it'll be completely digital. Yeah, the truck will be it's, digital. Does he understand just, that that's not? It's just a. It's just code. Look at my digital truck, <laughs> Jesse. It's an NFT. It's Don't. protected by blockchain. Can you put gravel in my digital truck? <laughs> just oh goes no! Through it. <laughs> um, okay, so I have so many questions about this truck. I mean, is it going to be real? Is it going to be made out of the Matrix? Um, so do we have any stats or specs? Uh, what we know so far is this from Ford. The T3 will be fully updatable, constantly improving, and supports towing, hauling, exportable power, and endless new innovations owners will want. Endless new innovations. <laughs> endless. Like what? Uh, don't you see? This is all about signaling to their customers, don't buy the Tesla Cybertruck. We're going to have an even better truck. Just you wait. We don't know what it's going to look like yet or anything, but just hold on. Hang it's on. It's going to be digital. we got to wait for the Cybertruck to come out, and then we can find one thing that we can do better than the Cybertruck. Don't wait. Don't buy it. Hang on. Wait. There's a cyber. <laughs> Ours is digital. Ours is digital. Trust the truck. Just wait. I mean, even if Ford can pull off getting their blue oval plant ready in time, their goal is to produce 500000 a year. That's not going to happen in 2025 or 2026, in my opinion. Because let's just remember, Ford produced 61,000 EVs last year, and they hope to build 600,000 EVs this year? 
Honestly, this year will tell us a lot about whether Ford can deliver and whether they actually are still in the game or not. Now, I'd say if they can't produce at least 500,000 EVs this year, they are out of the game. But what do you think? Oh, I want to go back to Farley's statement about what sounds like autonomous driving level three or four. So on the highway, on a sunny day, that's, first of all, way easier than actual full self-driving. I mean, I'd argue that Tesla is pretty much there now and that Ford's Blue Cruise is nowhere near ready for even sunny day highway driving. Plus, Ford's system will almost undoubtedly be a mapped system, meaning that it'll only work on stretches of highway that are completely pre-mapped. It won't work where situations have recently changed. I mean, can you imagine how annoyed Ford customers are going to be when they start trying to take naps in their T3s, only to be woken up regularly by the truck? Please wake up and take over driving. We have spotted a construction cone and we don't know what to do. Oh, gee, you know, it's... <laughs> My digital truck, just so annoying. I mean, you keep going down for a nap. So Aptera Motors has just announced that they are integrating OpenPilot's driver assistance system into the upcoming Aptera launch edition. Kama AI developed OpenPilot in 2017. Now, you may remember that we talked with Kama AI's founder, George Hotz, last year. This is an open source software system that Aptera says was ranked number one by Consumer Reports a few years ago. Keywords, Consumer Reports, and a few years ago. OpenPilot is a driver assistance system, much like a Tesla Autopilot, which should allow Apteras to have some hands-free driving features like lane centering and stopping at stop signs and red lights, uh, which only Teslas can do right now. Apteras co-founder and co-CEO Steve Fambro says, I've been using OpenPilot in my existing vehicle for over six months and have been blown away. It has completely changed how I drive and I can't picture a more efficient way for Aptera drivers to be part of the autonomous future. Now, you said that Aptera's launch edition will have OpenPilot built in? Well, it doesn't sound like it'll be built in, at least not at first. Uh, OpenPilot is a hardware system that works on over 200 models of cars right now. And Aptera will be working out exactly where to put cameras, but it doesn't sound like that they'll be ready for the time they go into production. So Aptera will make their launch editions OpenPilot friendly, and new owners will get a shipment of OpenPilot hardware, which can be installed in under 30 minutes. So here is Aptera's Chris McCammon showing off OpenPilot in an Aptera. As you can see, this is OpenPilot. Um, super casual, awesome system. Uh, you have collaborative steering, so if you wanted to move over to the right a bit more, you just grab the wheel and nudge it over. When you release, it centers back in its lane. It's just really nice and relaxing. What's nice is that OpenPilot doesn't have any wheel nags. It uses a camera facing the driver to ensure that you are awake and paying attention. And OpenPilot keeps improving as the system gets updated. And I'm really glad that they've come out with something because I really thought that Aptera wouldn't have any driver assistance stuff for some time to come. And I think this was a smart, inexpensive solution. Definitely inexpensive. I mean, if they wanted to start their own full self-driving system, that would be prohibitively expensive for a company like this. I think it's not a bad idea to have yeah. some, you know, throw in some driver assistance features on the cheap. Yeah. So we've experienced this next story firsthand. Many Rivian owners have had their R1T electric pickup trucks bricked after installing the latest over-the-air software update. So the latest software shipped with a bug that we discovered months ago and reported to them, by the way. So this software bug apparently prevents the high voltage pack and the two 12-volt batteries from communicating. And because of this lack of communication, the 12 volts can't charge and then they deplete themselves and bricked Rivian. Again, this is why we wanted to buy the R1T and test it in real world conditions and report our findings to you. 
It's not to trash talk or to put down brands. It's so that we don't have to play the stupid game that we learned the hard way is how auto manufacturers like to play. Would you like to try out our upcoming EV model and share your thoughts with your audience? Sure. Can I have it for at least two weeks and say whatever I want about it? We were thinking you could come visit us for a free lunch and a two-hour supervised test drive with someone from our marketing department. So the Rivian problem has apparently been traced back to the 2023.6.2 update. Although, honestly, our Rivian was bricked a couple times before this update, so I think this could go deeper. Now, this update hasn't affected every Rivian owner, although I would argue that the temperature where you live can exacerbate the problem. So many people may actually have the problem and just not know it yet. And one of the problems is, is that if this problem happens and the 12 volt batteries get drained completely, it's really not good for the AGM battery chemistry. So they often won't accept a charge after that. So they have to be replaced. Now, some owners on the forums have reported that Rivian fixed the problem for free, while others have had to spend $1,000 to get their vehicle back. And it really lowers your confidence in the vehicle. Yeah, as we talked about on our Bricked In-Depth episode, I no longer feel as confident in taking our R1T on longer trips because what if it happens while I'm far from home? Or, I mean, if we're going on, I don't know, like an adventure in our adventure truck and you park it in the woods or up a mountain and then it doesn't move ever again. I think Tesla's solution going to LFP lithium batteries uh, for their 12 volt system or now their 48 volt system is way smarter. I mean, you can deep cycle them better. They are a little more expensive up front, but I think that makes much more sense. It's going to be lighter, longer life and more reliable. And that's what you want in a battery. Because, I mean, let's be fair. Teslas do sometimes have their lead acid batteries die. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's usually that the, the batteries themselves have kicked the bucket. And it is a pain for Tesla owners to have to replace because you got to do the 12 volt thing. I mean, luckily, you can use a nine volt battery, I've heard, on a Tesla. Well, the thing is, for ICE cars, that battery has to do this major work when you do the starter. <laughs> right. Tesla's other electric cars, they don't need to do that. Their battery can be completely different. And it's what, taken us till 2023 to figure that out? Right. I mean, it's basically the most work that it has to do is like um, run the AC, uh, open a contactor, close a contactor, right. that kind of thing. Like it's run not, the computer, not right. that hard. Speaking of bricks. Lego Ideas is a website where Lego fans can go and submit their ideas for new Lego sets. And yes, I was a Lego maniac. Fellow Lego fan Airbricks95 has submitted this fantastic Tesla Lego idea. He calls it Tesla Center, which includes a Tesla showroom and service area and four stall supercharger. Wow, look at that detail. The showroom has different paint options on display and even has solar panels and two working rolling garage doors. The set has four different Tesla vehicles, including the Cybertruck. There are already over 4,000 supporters of this design, but many more will be needed if you want to see this design go into production. So you can vote for it using the link down below in the show notes. It doesn't cost anything, but you do need to create a free Lego account. It took me like 30 seconds. Wait, so you're a Lego maniac, but you didn't I, have a Lego account? I already had the account. It's just when I did set it up, it took me about 30 seconds. Okay. So Genesis Motors, which is the luxury sub-brand of Hyundai, announced last week that their third fully electric model, the Genesis Electrified GV70 SUV, is now available in the following 15 U.S. states. The GV70 is the first Genesis model to be assembled in the U.S. at their factory in Montgomery, Alabama. Some specs of the electrified GV70 are two motors, 429 horsepower, all-wheel drive, 77 kilowatt hour battery for 236 miles of range. Starting price is 65.8 for the advanced um, or the lower tier and 72,650 for the prestige model. Okay, so it's assembled in 
Alabama, does it qualify for the $7,500 federal EV tax credit? Well, the battery pack comes fully assembled from SK in South Korea. So I believe that once the IRS guidance comes out in a day or two, Genesis will lose at least half the credit. But don't take our word for it. The IRS always has some lovely little little things in it, you know? Hyundai has surpassed GM, Nissan, and Stellantis in annual volume last year, becoming the third largest automaker globally. And now Hyundai has unveiled this, its automatic charging robot. Okay, so I see that the driver gets out and uses automatic parking assist to park the car. I'm assuming that's so that the car will line up with the reach of the robot. And then the EV charge port door opens with the wireless signal from the robot. The robot then finds the charge port using a 3D camera-based algorithm and plugs in. And then when it's done, it unplugs and the charge port door is told wirelessly to close. So I guess I'm just not that impressed. I mean, I almost wonder if wireless charging could be a better solution than this really expensive clunky robot that seems to take up a parking space next to your car. I mean, Tesla's charging snake arm, remember that from a few years ago? I mean, that seemed way more elegant than this robot, which honestly, it seemed like it was designed by grad students. And I mean, no offense to grad students, but I mean, I expected more from a giant automaker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because you you could have the the human plug it in. That's because you're you're going to be like right there. It did seem like more work. I mean, I get why they're showing this off. I mean, when autonomous vehicles happen, you'll probably need some way to plug them in. But this does seem like a really clunky solution. This seems like a like 2015 solution. But let us know what you think in the comments below. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I want to thank our friends for my beautiful shave this morning. Um, yeah, I shave right before the show. Every week, I used to not be able to do that because I used to shave with a multi-bladed cartridge razor. And it would rip your face and apart. And rip my face apart, so I would strategically shave a day and a half before, so that way my face could just go absolutely nuts and then calm down mm. a little bit for us to do TTN. You can go back and see old TTNs. My face was not happy with me. Yeah, no, this razor is awesome. And don't forget to put 100 blades into your cart and then use our code now you know to get those 100 free blades for free when you check out. That's like over a year or two of shaving. I think that most of us are really excited to see air travel transition away from using jet fuel and go to electric airplanes. And hopefully we're getting closer. Yeah. So United Airlines has been investing in Heart Aerospace since 2021. Heart Aerospace is working on this, the ES-19, a fully electric 19 seat aircraft that has a range of 250 miles. United Airlines says that they are confident that they can help fast track the introduction as early as 2026. Yeah, the ES-19 doesn't even require any new tech batteries. They claim that they are using the same battery types used in EVs. And United Airlines is working with Archer on Archer's fully electric air taxi called the Midnight. They want to start with a short route from Chicago's Vertiport to O'Hare International Airport, which are about 20 miles apart. This is a trip that by car usually takes about an hour in traffic versus only 10 minutes by air. The Midnight EV toll can carry four passengers, a pilot, and luggage and travel up to 100 miles. It's powered by six battery packs and can travel 150 miles an hour and can charge in just 12 minutes, with pricing that they claim will be competitive with ground-based travel. And I think this is a big deal when it finally happens. Because it hasn't happened yet, I think most of us, it's just not a reality. But I think when the first one does open, and I'm not sure if it's going to be this one or not, but I think people will go, oh, wow, so 10 minutes to the airport instead of an hour. Yeah. 
But it has been weird for anyone who's been following the space. It's like, we're going to do it. It's coming. And it's felt like that for like four years. I know. All right, it's time for Going Green. Now to Canada, where the largest ever survey of EV owners shows something pretty astounding. The Canadian Automobile Association, or CAA, surveyed 16,232 EV owners across Canada between November and December and found that 97% said that they will buy another EV when it comes time to replace their existing one. 89% said that they enjoy driving their EV more than the previous ICE vehicle. 97% said their EV was more affordable. 92% said that their EV is quieter. And what was also interesting is that concerns about EVs dropped after people owned their EVs and got to really experience them. Like what? Well, like concerns about range fell from 67% to just 30%. Concerns about cold weather performance fell from 58% to 25%. In Canada. In Canada, and fears about battery degradation fell from 54% to just 13% once people actually owned an EV. And I know that a lot of people will take like a positive stance on the story and be like, see, it's so great. Uh, I'm going to take it a little negative. This really shows how effective the FUD has been about EVs. There were some worrisome numbers, though. And remember, this is Canada. So 44% of people surveyed are worried about finding a public charger And 36% won't go on lengthy road trips. And 67% also owned an additional ICE car at home. Now, what I really want to know is what percentage of people queried uh, own a Tesla. Yeah, because I think that is where the range fears come from. I would have liked to have known that number because then we could see like, oh, okay, you know, 60% own Teslas, but the rest owned, you know, Leafs or Bolts, which have shorter ranges. And I just want to mention that even though CAA did the survey, they actually hired PlugShare to do the actual work. And I want to point out that PlugShare was bought by EVgo. So they wouldn't exactly have Tesla's best interests in mind when they're doing the survey. I don't know how they worded questions, but how you word a question is really important. I went online to try and find the actual survey. I could not find it. If you can find it, please give me a link in the comments. All right, it's time for sunspots. Okay, so I can see why this next story might not seem like such a big deal to many people. But I think it is. So the South Korean-based solar manufacturer Qcells will invest more than $2.5 billion to build a solar supply chain here in the U.S. And you may be like, so what? Well, first of all, that is the largest ever investment in clean energy infrastructure in the U.S. Qcells plans to expand their solar manufacturing plant in Dalton, Georgia, build a new solar plant in Cartersville, Georgia, and a new plant in Bartow County, Georgia, that will be the only factory in the U.S. to produce EVA. What's EVA? Solar ethyl vinyl acetate, an encapsulant that is used to provide adhesion between solar cells and the top and rear surfaces. So this would make Q-Cells the only company in the U.S. to have a fully integrated silicon-based solar supply chain from raw material to finished panel. The Q-Cells Dalton, Georgia facility can produce two gigawatts of solar panels a year, making it the largest solar panel manufacturing plant in the Western Hemisphere. This new investment should bring Q-Cells U.S. solar panel capacity to 8.4 gigawatts by 2024. So do you get what this means? Not one solar component will need to be imported. That's a first for the U.S. What this also means is 4,000 manufacturing and engineering jobs. And that's not to mention the secondary jobs, the construction workers, the teachers, the restaurants, the car rental places, the hotels. Like, it's incredible what this is doing. And this is a South Korean company. They would have been happy to keep making them in South Korea and shipping them here. Do you know what brought them here? 
the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. That piece of federal subsidy made it so that these companies all wanted to come here. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And uh, we need your stories. So send them into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. But I feel really bad about this first story because Bill sent this into us over a year ago and it somehow got lost in the shuffle. And he thought that we were like, not going to show it. I'm so sorry, Bill. This is a great, great video. Check this out. The GS-181 Greenworks commercial battery electric chainsaw is a fine piece of engineering. I've been cutting my own firewood for going on 40 years now, and this is the first electric saw I've used that holds up when compared to a commercial quality gas chainsaw. The cost of the saw itself is a very reasonable $275 current price. The gotcha, however, is the cost of the batteries, as is generally the case with any battery electric power tool. The 2.5 amp hour battery is $170 and the 4 amp hour battery is $300. You'll also need a charger and they currently have a single battery charger for $70. Attaching the bar and chain and installing the battery took all of 15 minutes and then I was ready to head out to the wood pile and get to work. Just as advertised, the tool had no problem cutting through some rather large logs that I have, up to 14 inches in diameter. I was very impressed. It was easily as powerful as my gas saw. The only downfall was the batteries. They would only last for about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how thick the logs were that I was cutting. So you're going to have to have a fair number of batteries if you want to get a lot of work done. So in conclusion, the Greenworks GS181 is a fantastic piece of equipment, Zach and Jesse. And now you know. Yeah, so, I mean, after seeing this, I would love to get an electric chainsaw. The only thing that gave me pause was that Bill said that, like, he only got, like, 10 to 15 minutes of runtime. Um, so you really need two batteries, and those batteries are not cheap. Well, that's why I want to make our own battery. I right. want to make a super battery. <laughs> I want to make a big battery. Like, we made, we made a battery. Right? Yeah, we yeah. Have, so... I want to do the same thing. Uh-huh. I know this looks like a bomb. It's not a bomb. It's a battery. Um, I want to make a battery bigger than this one. I want it to be a backpack. Well, for like something like a chainsaw? Chainsaw all day. Oh, that sounds great. Let's let's do that. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Uh, so we've got a story on disruptive investing this week you should go check out. But over on Patreon, we've got some Investor Club bonus stories. Uh, we've also got great Patreon bonus stories too. So go over to Patreon. For as little as a buck a month, you can see all of our Patreon bonus stories, help support the show. And if you want to go up a few levels, Maybe get yourself a Now You Know mug. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These great people support us, get their names in the end credits. Who do we got this week? We got Alan. Christopher Goodney. Doug. Joeen and Steve Barrett. And Dick Brown. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, so we had a poll this week. Yes, it was, uh, when do you think the Cybertruck is going to start production? And more specifically, when is the first Cybertruck going to be delivered? Oh, because that new Gigapress that's arriving. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see where people think we are. Yeah, and uh, let's here's see. What, here's what they think. Ah. 
Interesting, because our patrons are usually right. I don't know if they're going to be right about this. I mean, they have. I mean, they, they're up on stuff, but who knows? All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. Twitter Daily News says it's begun. When contacted for comment, the Twitter press office sent a poo emoji. And Elon said, yes! <laughs> Eric Berger said SpaceX's three main competitors in Russia, Europe, and the United States have launched three rockets in 2023. SpaceX just launched three missions in three days. Elon says, provided there's no serious launch anomaly, SpaceX will deliver 80% of Earth's payload to orbit this year. RRR Movie said Tesla Light Show, Light Sync with the beats of Oscar-winning song Natu Natu in New Jersey. Thanks for all the love. That's pretty cool. Look at all those cars in, in sequence. How did they do that? They have a special, you can do that now. You can time it. I know, but is one person in charge of hitting the button? No, no, no. The, remember, we reported on this. The light show, you can set a timer so that it, they all go off at the exact same time. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Ian says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Biden just vetoed a bill that was passed by both the House and Senate that would have protected America's retirement funds from being wasted on ESG-backed investments. Hard to explain the veto if a Dem Senate voted for the bill. Peter Diamantes says, AI will create several new trillionaires over the next decade. Elon says money will probably be of low relevance when strong AI is widespread. Wow. Two sentences that are big, big, hard to wrap your head around. Hmm. Elon retweeted this picture from SpaceX, a view from the second stage following last week's launch of SES-18 and SES-19 to a geosynchronous transfer orbit. Look at that beautiful Earth. Yeah. It's cool because normally they're sending all these stuff into low Earth orbit. So the Earth looks like really mm. big. But then when you send it into you know geosynchronous, it's a lot further away. Teslanomic says, who's ready for the Starship launch? Elon said, definitely me. Elon said, increasing long form to 10,000 characters soon, along with simple formatting tools and making it much easier for writers to charge subscription fees for premium content. He's talking about that on Twitter. Hmm. Unusual Whale says, breaking, U.S. officials are studying ways to let the FDIC temporarily insure deposits beyond the current $250,000 cap on most accounts without having to get approval from Congress. Elon says, absolutely required to stop bank runs. Matthew Donegan Ryan says, Thread, a Tesla Model 3, is ridiculously cheaper than a Prius. And he talks about how his friends went to buy a Prius, but then found out it was cheaper to buy a Model 3. Elon says, interesting thread. Nathan Owen says, seems like something is going on with some of the other Starlink version 2 minis, some changes in altitude and eccentricity, more eccentric orbits. Any thoughts? Orbital mechanics isn't my jam. Elon says, lots of new technology in Starlink version 2, so we're experiencing some issues as expected. Some sats will be deorbited, others will be tested thoroughly before raising altitude above space station. Doge Designer says, $44 billion was not the cost of Twitter, it was the cost of restoring free speech. Elon says, some things are priceless. Senator Malcolm Roberts says that Australia should not cede its sovereignty to the WHO due to the organization's corruption that generates billions for its owner, Bill Gates, because Tedros is an evil killer tied to a terrorist organization. Elon said, countries should not cede authority to WHO. Lex Friedman says, when will superintelligent general AI arrive? And you can see that most people said in one to 10 years. Elon says, not many years from now. Chad Hurley says, the plan, acquire social media company. Two, start AI company. Three, integrate AI into social media. Four, merge companies. Five, big bonus. I actually think this is why he said, look at this, because this is what he's planning. That's what he's planning? That's what Elon's planning. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said journalists that write hit pieces should be exiled to an island without internet. Elon says that will require a large island. Doge designer said from April 1st, Twitter will begin winding down its legacy verified program and remove legacy verified check marks. Elon says this will be glorious. So basically... William Shatner is not happy about it, but... Okay. <laughs> Tesla Economics says this is also why Tesla will never create in an all-electric motorcycle. 
Elon says, yeah, not possible to make motorcycles safe. Liv Bori says OpenAI claims to care about AI safety, saying that development therefore needs to be done slowly. But they just released an unfathomably powerful update that allows GPT-4 to read and write to the web in real time, nine days after initial release. Elon says, extremely concerning. Genevieve says the banking industry increased its exposure to commercial real estate heading into the pandemic. Elon says, this is the real problem. Many cities have high office vacancy rates. Mortgage portfolios are at risk, too, if housing prices drop significantly. Teslarati tweeted out SpaceX investment from Saudi UAE investors being planned. Elon said, not true. Brett Winton from ARK Invest says the future is coming faster than you think. Time to AGI has fallen by another 25 to 50 percent. Elon says it is. And that drop, by the way, is just in the past like few weeks. Elon Musk says 20 launches done, 70 plus for the rest of the year. Hallie says, what happens to us when AI becomes better than us at every mental task? Ignoring the economic factors, what does that mean for our self-worth? If we know it's easier to ask a machine to do it, will we stop doing everything? Can we reframe our purpose and just be content living? Elon says, those are the right questions to ask. They've been troubling me for many years. Neuralink was created as a possible long-term solution to human and AI symbiosis. So basically, if you can do the thing because you added AI to another layer of your brain, um, maybe you won't feel bad. Because it it you extends your usefulness yeah, for a little while. Seems like it. All In Talk says, despite warnings from Elon Musk, the Fed raised Fed rates 25 basis points on Wednesday. And David Sachs says, I think that this move here could, in hindsight, be seen as the straw that breaks the camel's back. Elon said, accurate. Uh-oh. Holmar's catalog said, I think Andre Kaparthi rejoining OpenAI was the moment Elon realized that Tesla and OpenAI are competing against each other for talent. Since then, he has taken a much more critical stance towards the organization he once helped co-found. Elon says competition has nothing to do with it. There are serious AI risk issues. Sawyer Merritt says news. Elon will be speaking at Possible on April 18th. And Elon said, looking forward to it. Gavin Baker said interesting trade off between being engaged in a meeting and remembering the meeting. Um, and he says that basically I've stopped taking notes. And Elon said, I never take notes. Ooh, interesting. Twitter Daily News says news. Twitter is on a path to profitability for just the third time in its 17 year history. Here's how. And Elon said, yeah, generally correct. Titter was trending to lose around $3 billion a year and had a billion dollars in cash, so only four months of money. Uh, extremely dire situation. Now that advertisers are returning, it looks like we'll break even in Q2. Steve Mark Ryan says, hey, Elon, is AI the thing you're currently losing the most sleep over? Elon said yes. All of your text says breaking. Elon Musk is now dating GM CEO Mary Barra. And luckily we have community notes. This is an AI-generated image. And also Elon said, also, I would never wear that outfit. Yeah, you can tell that's not him. George Max says uh, the silent fentanyl pandemic and basically showing this chart here of how it's now the number one killer of people. And Elon said, wow. Uh, yeah, wow. That's crazy. And George Mack continued, why has the media become more negative? Well, a blended study of 105,000 headlines and 370 million impressions concludes that each additional negative word in the headline increased the click-through rate by 2.3%. Elon says the media is a click-seeking machine dressed as a truth-seeking machine. So should we retitle today's episode like, the most negative thing ever? <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> news possible. Uh, Eric says we live in interesting times. Elon says the most interesting times of all. Wanda Hudson says, I'm getting version 11. I'm so excited. Look out, world. Elon said, it's close. One more round of refinement needed. Homar's catalog says, one more round of refinement needed until what? Elon replied, he said, still a few legacy neural nets using single cam, single frame that need to move to surround video. And the Kobisi letter says, over the next five years, more than 2.5 trillion in commercial real estate debt will mature. This is by far more than any five-year period in history. 
And Elon said, this is by far the most serious looming issue. Mortgages too. This is by far the most serious issue. I thought AI was the most serious issue. I thought uh, depopulation was the most serious issue. Elon likes to take on serious issues. Uh, Doge Designer says, in 1952, a nonfiction book called Project Mars was published by Warner Von Braun. It stated that human colonists on Mars would be led by a man named Elon. Elon said, seriously. I mean, he could have been named for that. Uh, Sandy Corey says, I've been meeting with the team from OpenAI since 2016. This is from Bill Gates' essay. It's big when someone like Bill Gates is so bullish on AI. Also notable that Microsoft has been tracking this so closely for so long. Elon says, I remember the early meetings with Gates. His understanding of AI was limited. Still is. He hates Bill Gates. <laughs> and lastly, Elon uh, pinned this tweet that we extend consciousness to the stars and understand the universe. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Remember to send your stories, your photos, and your videos into us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Michael sent us this video of a lucid air he spotted in Phoenix, Arizona. Nice. Douglas sent us this video of an iced supercharger in Toronto. Yes, I mean, it looks like we're talking about ice in the sense that there's ice in the charger, which, as we know, um, one of the only ways I've been able to get it out is to use a hairdryer and hold the charger up like this so that it all drips out. Mm. Um, otherwise, it just won't go in. So bring a hairdryer with you. One of our viewers sent us this picture of a solar-powered mobile coffee bar that they spotted. Nice. John sent us this picture of a ribbon-cutting ceremony at the new 51-stall supercharger in Sutherland, Oregon. Guy found this lucid air at a diner in San Diego. Simon sent us this picture of a mega pack he found outside of South Mandura Football Club in Western Australia. Tom found this Nissan Aria charging at a Volta station in Purcellville, Virginia. Dennis spotted this dirty R1S charging at an EVgo station at Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, if you think that's dirty, I mean, come on. <laughs> Have a we got news for you. <laughs> and Christina spotted this wrapped Model X with the license plate Kick Gas in Vienna, Virginia. It's Kick Gas. Kick Gas. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Clint Wolf outside Albuquerque, New Mexico at the new 16-stall Tesla Supercharger. Some of the stalls are open. This is a brand new facility. And within five to 10 minutes of walking, you can get to all kinds of shopping and restaurants. It's a great location, and this pretty much triples our supercharger capacity here in Albuquerque. 10 out of 10, just because I'm really happy that we have another supercharger. <laughs> Greetings from Hutto, Texas. We just had a new supercharger installed here at uh, the local HEB grocery store. They have like 12 stalls and you can do all kinds of shopping here. You can eat at Whataburger. You can go grocery shopping at HEB. You can do anything we want. Nails, liquor. Everything's available here while you're supercharging. So I give the supercharger a 10 out of 10 and it's only 30 minutes from the Tesla Gigafactory. Now you know. This is Jim here in uh, Santa Monica, California. We have a new uh, supercharger at 15th Street and Santa Monica Boulevard. It's uh, 26 stalls, uh, very conveniently located in downtown Santa Monica. This is actually the uh, supercharger where Elon said he wanted to install a uh, 1950s restaurant with uh, waitresses on roller skates. This 26 stalls is uh, only uh, half the actual location. There's right over here, there will be a, another uh, 36 stalls that they're working on and that might have the restaurant. But there you are, I rate this uh, maybe uh, eight, nine out of 10. With the restaurant, it would certainly be a 10 out of 10. Joe Fo here. And Lily. That's Lily, my trusted supercharger review 
special assistant. We're here at the relatively new Roslyn, New York, Gen 3, eight stall supercharger. The location is great. It's right off uh, the Grand Central Northern State. Location ding is that where it shows on the map and on the Tesla map is not where it is. So we had to fish around. Also, we have eight out of eight stalls full, which I'm not so digging so much, which is similar to the other Long Island uh, Plainview supercharger. I'm not thrilled with the charge speed. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's full time of day, whatever, but that's it. Overall, I'd give it like a seven or a seven and a half out of 10. What do you say, Laylee? I think I would give it like an eight and a half, an eight out of 10. Oh, eight, eight and a half. Very reasonable. And now, you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to check those out, you can check them out on our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. And if you're worried that, you know, you're going to run out of Superchargers and that everyone's already covered them, well, hang on. We got three pages of Superchargers that just went online all over the world that you can probably go check out. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number 25 in Ohio is the 12 stall in Cleveland, Ohio. There's the three stall in Jinhua in China. The three stall in Beijing in China. The 28th stall in Aloy, Arizona. Number 183 in Canada is the 8th stall in Windsor, Ontario. The 12th stall in Union, New Jersey. The 12th stall in Euless, Texas. The 3 stall in Nanjing in China. Number 42 in Washington is the 8th stall in Quincy, Washington. The 8th stall in Northampton, UK. Number 20 in Denmark is the 16th stall in Frederickshaven, Denmark. Number 115 in Texas is the 24th stall in Terrell, Texas. The 3 stall in Jianhu, China. The 3 stall in Taizhou, China. The 3 stall in Fuzhou, China. The 12th stall in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Number six in Oklahoma is the 24th stall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Number 41 in Georgia is the 16th stall in Decatur. Number 127 in Florida is the 8th stall in Crawfordville, Florida. Number 62 in Pennsylvania is the 8th stall in New Stanton, Pennsylvania. Number 115 in Texas is the 16th stall in Houston, Texas. Number 138 in France is the 16th stall in Benost. At the Zax de Batteres Sud in France. Hey! They spelled it right, too. <laughs> Number 105 in Norway is the 12th stall in Stavanger, Norway. The 12th stall in Augsburg, Germany. Number 341 in California is the 40th stall in Commerce, California. The 16th stall in Heston Eastbound, UK. Number 43 in Massachusetts is the 12th stall in Sturbridge, Mass. Number 33 in Indiana is the 12th stall in Lebanon, Indiana. Number 110 in the UK is a two-stall 130 kilowatts uh, in London. Number 60 in New Jersey is the eight-stall in Paramus. Number 160 in Germany is the 12-stall at Hamburg, Altona. The eight-stall in Seoul in South Korea. Number 123 in South Korea is the eight-stall in Dangjin. The four-stall in Tokyo, Japan. Number 66 in Japan is the four-stall in Maizaki, Japan. The six-stall in Chongqing, China. The two-stall 150 kilowatt in Linkang, China. The three-stall in Huizhou, in China. The three-stall in Beijing, China. The three-stall in Yinying, China. The three-stall in Qinhondao, China. And number 1,622 in China, number 4,882 in the world is the three-stall in Qingzhou, China. Woo! That's a lot of I didn't of stretch first. I, I should have stretched oh, first. Hold uh, something. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Um, and don't forget, we have a clips channel. Uh, we talk about this sometimes. I think a lot of people don't understand what the point of it is. Um, you know, sometimes you hear a story and you're like, oh, I'd really like to tell someone that. 
I um, can really stick it to Craig if I could just send him just this video. But if I send him the whole video, he's he going to get distracted. He, he doesn't know how the internet works. Right. So over on Eclipse Channel, we've taken a lot of the stories from the show. We've chopped them up into just their own little clips so it's easier and shorter to, to share. And that's a... And so that's what that's all about. So make sure you go over there and like and subscribe. Uh, and also don't forget about our Disruptive Investing channel. I mean, every week now we're putting up news stories there along with the great interviews we have with companies. We have a really interesting video coming out this week. Um, yeah, I mean, we should talk about that. I mean, so uh, thanks for watching till the end. We went down to Austin, Texas, and we talked to a company. We'll show you in the video about that. Um, but Jesse got to do something that I don't think any other YouTuber has ever done before. Any other YouTuber that's not a surgeon, that is. Oh, yeah. So that should be coming out, uh, what, on Friday? This Friday on In-Depth. Yeah. Uh, we were going to do it on a DI, but it was so cool. We were like, that's an In-Depth. Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss that. So make sure you hit the like and subscribe button down below and the notification button so you don't miss these episodes that are coming out. We'll see you next time. Now you know.